there, it's that time. That time for go to bed. Yes. That's right. It's Thursday. Wake up and go to bed with us. <laughs> uh, Thursday. Yeah. It's, a, it's been raining here. It's it's uh, the first of July. A lot of rain. It is the first of July. It's July now. We're in the heat of the summer. Been yes. a, it's been odd. Definitely. Had some events canceled due to the rain, but that's okay. They're all rescheduled. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's actually a nice night tonight, so. It hopefully. is, but my sinuses are a wreck. Yeah. <clears throat> we, we tried to dine out today at a local restaurant wasn't as pleasurable as I thought it would be. I got a tummy ache. Yeah. But we made it back. And uh, just a a quick note for everybody. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, for Independence Day weekend, we are taking the night off from It Came From Cleveland, and we're going to be running a best of uh, show. So there will be some new content. Well, well, not new content, but, you know, it's going to be lots of robots, lots of music trailers things like that all kinds of fun stuff so crank it up it'll be a party and uh there will be there will be new robots i I promise you that by the end of the show you will have the latest installment of the robots we're going to play the entire saga to date there you go new robots that's what's important for independence yeah, and tonight we are declaring our independence of uh let's pretend because we ran out of episodes (laughs) <laughs> there might be a couple more, but yeah. Might be. Yeah, but we found fine. a couple couple more fun things for everybody. So, nice. um and uh I think uh, since we did this Sue's last month, I believe it was the show of your birthday, so that was a month ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. we so I think a tradition for the first show of every month could be playing um the horoscope track for every uh, um, horoscope sign, zodiac yeah. sign. Uh, we might have it, a cancer out there listening. Yeah, I so. know. I know. My brother had his birthday yesterday. I wished him a happy birthday. Yeah, but mom, uh, mom's. A, my do we mom's have any other? On, my mom. Yeah, is your on mom. The yeah, you're right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, from that 1960s swanky uh, uh, record. Here's mm-hmm. uh here's the cancer horoscope. Start with a there gong. Go. June 22nd through July 22nd. Those of you born during this period, your sign of the zodiac is Cancer. It is a cardinal water sign endowed with action, emotion and psychic power. The symbol of your sign is the crab. The ruler of your sign is the moon. Your most harmonious gems are moonstones or emeralds. Your most harmonious color is, in this case, the color of the moon, silver. Your day of the week is Monday. Actually, the crustacean known as the crab suits the characteristics of many born in your sign. You are tenacious. You cling to everything, like a crab with an object in its claw. Clinging is in your life. 
you cling to the past, the memories of school day friends, the home you lived in. You cling to objects, antiques from your family home, glassware, and especially silver, because they're part of your traditional past. You cling to money, and that sort of clinging is not to be frowned on. We can hardly ignore mentioning a former Cancerian named John D. Rockefeller. You cling to your children. But the strong, very strong, motherly or fatherly streak in your character almost forces you to overprotect them. Let them learn how to live alone. You are constantly searching for security. Most people are, but you go to extremes. It's always foremost in your mind. And that has a tendency to make you moody, morbid, depressed. Get out from under your moods. Laugh more. Look on the brighter side. That crab-like shell you occasionally retreat into won't make the world go away. Some shy, sensitive Cancerians have learned how to face the stresses of our times. They've widened their circle of friends rather than continue to cling to just a few close friends. You've really got a lot going for you if you take advantage of it. You have intuition to the nth degree, almost to the level of a mystical power. You can sense what people want. You could be a success as a teacher, airline stewardess, psychologist, or owner of a small shop. People like you. You're sympathetic, understanding, straightforward, loyal, and generous. If you understand and keep remembering that, you can help rid yourself of that insecure feeling. As a male or female Cancerian, you are affectionate, but reserved. Often too shy to be demonstrative. Oh, the feeling is there. Not half measure, it's full and loyal. You give love and ask little in return. Married life with you will probably not be a mad, wild love affair. Most likely your love will be centered on the creature comforts in your home and your children. In other words, a long, steady, placid, married life. And the most harmonious people to share that type of life will be found if you listen to the stars of Pisces, Scorpio, or Taurus. June 22nd through July 22nd. Tenacious and clinging like your crab sign that crawls in your sky. Just correct all your negative feelings, and we're positive you'll stop being shy. Wow. Those are weird. They are weird. Um, <laughs> do you see anything about your mother in there? Oh, yeah, the creature comforts brother. and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I think those are the two cancers we know the best. But maybe somebody in the chat room, let me see, knows more cancers than us. Knows other know. cancers. I don't, uh, nobody's uh, said anything. Uh, so, oh. but uh, there's one cancer I know the crab with the knife gif. Oops, um, sorry. Huh? I, took, I accidentally took myself out of the. Oh, okay. Looking in the chat room. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very. There's a picture of a crab. And a koala. A I love it when you post that shit. God damn it, that's. 
So, yeah, there's a uh, Foxfire posted a, a koala bear clinging onto somebody's leg. That's adorable. So, oh, cute. So yeah, um, uh, we are. We've got two relatively short chapters for Oz uh, for Ozma of Oz tonight. Nice. Uh, both are only like ten minutes long. But that's okay, because like I said, we, we got a little bit of extra stuff. But none of it's super long, but we've been, kind of been pushing it uh, to, you know, with the show and going over and stuff like that. So we want to keep it nice and tidy. Nice and tidy. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. But, uh, but yeah, so this has been, uh, you know, it's been kind of a weird week, you know. Um, you know, I... I uh, like I said, the weather here was bonkers. You know, it was like crazy hot. Then it really drops down, and it's been raining a lot, cloudy a lot, and that's just kind of wreaking havoc on my sinuses. I think that's part of what my problem was today, coupled with the stomach ache from, uh, yeah, the sandwich I had. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know, uh, but you know, other than that, things are good. We're we're uh trying to be productive and. Uh, we've got the you've got the kiddo teaser to look forward to. We've got yes. the kiddo teaser. Yeah. Yeah. Thank and you, we, Foxfire. Uh, we've been doing lots of good work um, on the our eBay store, so that's been fun. Our sales have been up. The summer slump has finally gone away. That's yes. good. Yes. So that so. is that is exciting. And um, yeah, yeah. And I might I might have discovered. Something really cool for our inventory at some point. Just waiting to hear back from a woman selling some stuff on Facebook. So yeah, so uh, he's uh, excited about a new bunch of uh, a collection we might purchase. A collection that is like super well, rare and super valuable, <laughs> and might be and might be fun to watch. It might be really fun to. There, there's a lot of things. You said you could never buy or find in that, so... Well, yeah, I mean, there's That's things exciting. that aren't... Yeah, things that were never released on DVD, for sure. Um, and uh, probably... DVD, there's mean. probably... Huh? Yeah, DVD. 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 DVD, yeah, that's what... You, yeah. Yeah, or... But, you know, there's probably... Uh, there. There's probably... Um, you know, some people have probably uploaded a lot of it to YouTube and stuff like yeah. that for for other people. So, but um, but yeah, but we're not just we're not just uh buyers and and resellers. We're also fans. Yeah, they, they, you know, it helps having some knowledge of the stuff that I'm looking at. You know, because I can yeah. you know identify you know companies and things like that and know what's yeah. you know the rarer kind of stuff. So, sure. anyway. But uh, enough of that. Yeah, we're, uh, uh, I suppose we should probably uh, get to what's going on in uh, out Osway. Because I think sure. everybody's excited about uh, Belina uh, stepping up. Yeah. She's got some, she knows some secrets, so that's good. It's exciting. Chicken right. time. Chicken time. <laughs> All right. Oh, and by we, the way, my yeah. uh, my my best friend got her chicken coop, so uh, I saw pictures of her chickens. That's pretty exciting. Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. So. I haven't met the chickens yet. 
Well, someday you will. Hopefully before their soup. Someday. One wonderful day. Hopefully before their soup. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, here we go. Chapter 15, Ozma of Oz. Uh, I forget the title, but here we go. Chapter 15 of Ozma of Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ozma of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 15. Billina Frightens the Gnome King. Now when Dorothy had entered the palace to make her guesses, and the Scarecrow was left with the Gnome King, the two sat in moody silence for several minutes. Then the monarch exclaimed, in a tone of satisfaction, "'Very good!' "'Who is very good?' asked the Scarecrow. "'The Machine Man. He won't need to be wound up any more, for he has now become a very neat ornament, very neat indeed!' "'How about Dorothy?' the Scarecrow inquired. "'Oh, she will begin to guess pretty soon,' said the King cheerfully. And then she will join my collection, and it will be your turn. The good Scarecrow was much distressed by the thought that his little friend was about to suffer the fate of Ozma and the rest of their party. But while he sat in gloomy reverie, a shrill voice suddenly cried, The Gnome King nearly jumped off his seat, he was so startled. Good gracious, what's that? he yelled. "'Why, it's Billina,' said the Scarecrow. "'What do you mean by making a noise like that?' shouted the king angrily, as the yellow hen came from under the throne and strutted proudly about the room. "'I've got a right to cackle, I guess,' replied Billina. "'I've just laid my egg.' "'What? Laid an egg? In my throne room? How dare you do such a thing?' asked the king in a voice of fury. I lay eggs wherever I happen to be, said the hen, ruffling her feathers and then shaking them into place. But thunder nation! Don't you know that eggs are poison? roared the king, while his rock-colored eyes stuck out in great terror. Poison? Well, I declare, said Billina indignantly. I'll have you know all my eggs are warranted strictly fresh and up-to-date. Poison indeed. You don't understand, retorted the little monarch nervously. Eggs belong only to the outside world, to the world on the earth's surface, where you came from. Here, in my underground kingdom, they are rank poison, as I said, and we gnomes can't bear them around. Well, you'll have to bear this one around, declared Billina, for I've laid it. Where? asked the king. Under your throne said the hen. The king jumped three feet into the air, so anxious was he to get away from the throne. "'Take it away! Take it away at once!' he shouted. "'I can't,' said Billina. "'I haven't any hands.' "'I'll take the egg,' said the scarecrow. "'I'm making a collection of Billina's eggs. There's one in my pocket now that she laid yesterday.' Hearing this, the monarch hastened to put a good distance between himself and the scarecrow, who was about to reach under the throne for the egg, when the hen suddenly cried, Stop! What's wrong? 
asked the Scarecrow. Don't take the egg unless the king will allow me to enter the palace and guess as the others have done, said Billina. Pshaw, returned the king. You're only a hen. How could you guess my enchantments? I can try, I suppose, said Billina. And if I fail, you will have another ornament. A pretty ornament you'd make, wouldn't you? growled the king. But you shall have your way. It will properly punish you for daring to lay an egg in my presence. After the scarecrow is enchanted, you shall follow him into the palace. But how will you touch the objects? With my claws, said the hen. And I could speak the word Ev as plainly as anyone. Also, I must have the right to guess the enchantments of my friends and to release them if I succeed. Very well, said the king. You have my promise. Then, said Melina to the scarecrow, you may get the egg. He knelt down and reached underneath the throne and found the egg, which he placed in another pocket of his jacket, fearing that if both eggs were in one pocket they would knock together and get broken. Just then a bell above the throne rang briskly, and the king gave another nervous jump. Well, well, said he, with a rueful face. The girl has actually done it. Done what? asked the scarecrow. She has made one guess that is right, and broken one of my neatest enchantments. By rickety, it's too bad. I never thought she would do it. Do I understand that she will now return to us in safety? inquired the scarecrow, joyfully wrinkling his painted face into a broad smile. Of course, said the king, fretfully pacing up and down the room. I always keep my promises, no matter how foolish they are, but I shall make an ornament of the yellow hen to replace the one I have just lost. Perhaps you will, and perhaps you won't, murmured Billina calmly. I may surprise you by guessing right. Guessing right? snapped the king. How could you guess right where well, your betters have failed, you stupid fowl? Billina did not care to answer this question, and a moment later the doors flew open, and Dorothy entered, leading the little prince Evering by the hand. The scarecrow welcomed the girl with a close embrace, and he would have embraced Evering too in his delight, but the little prince was shy, and shrank away from the painted scarecrow, because he did not yet know his many excellent qualities. But there was little time for the friends to talk, because the scarecrow must now enter the palace. Dorothy's success had greatly encouraged him, and they both hoped he would manage to make at least one correct guess. However, he proved as unfortunate as the others except Dorothy, and although he took a good deal of time to select his objects, not one did the poor scarecrow guess aright. So he became a solid gold card receiver, and the beautiful but terrible palace awaited its next visitor. It's all over. "'remarked the king, with a sigh of satisfaction. "'And it has been a very amusing performance, "'except for the one good guess the Kansas girl made. "'I am richer by a great many pretty ornaments.' "'It's my turn now,' said Billina briskly. "'Oh, I'd forgotten you,' said the king. "'But you need to go if you don't wish to. "'I will be generous and let you off.' "'No, you won't,' replied the hen. "'I insist upon having my guesses as you promised.' "'Then go ahead, you absurd feathered fowl,' grumbled the king. 
and he caused the opening that led to the palace to appear once more. "'Don't go, Bellina,' said Dorothy earnestly. "'It isn't easy to guess those ornaments, and only luck saved me from being one myself. Stay with me and we'll go back to the land of Ev together. I'm sure this little prince will give us a home.' "'Indeed I will,' said Evering, with much dignity. "'Don't worry, my dear. <laughs> cried Bellina, with a cluck that was meant for a laugh. "'I may not be human, but I'm no fool, even if I am a chicken.' "'Oh, Bellina,' said Dorothy, "'you haven't been a chicken in a long time. Not since you—you've been grown up.' "'Perhaps that's true,' answered Bellina, thoughtfully. "'But if a Kansas farmer sold me to someone, what would he call me? A hen or a chicken?' "'You are not a Kansas farmer, Bellina,' replied the girl. "'And you said—' "'Never mind that, Dorothy. I'm going.' I won't say good-bye, because I'm coming back. Keep up your courage, for I'll see you a little later. Then Billina gave several loud, that seemed to make the fat little king more nervous than ever, and marched through the entrance into the enchanted palace. I hope I've seen the last of that bird, declared the monarch, seating himself again in his throne, and mopping the perspiration from his forehead with his rock-colored handkerchief. Hens are bothersome enough at their best, but when they can talk, they're simply dreadful. Bellina's my friend, said Dorothy quietly. She may not always be exactly polite, but she means well, I'm sure. End of chapter 15 Narrated by Kara Schallenberg, www.kray.org On July 30th, 2009, in San Diego, California. Well, she plugged her website. <laughs> he really did. That's what you get for volunteering. I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Belina's uh, going, getting all, was getting gangster on him there. Yeah, she was. She was. Her eggs are poison to the Gnome King. Well, shove I mean, one he down admitted his it. God he basically admitted his... He basically admitted by saying it was poison that his, you know, weakness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, those eggs are no yolk to him. Oh, jeez, oh, Pete. <laughs> that, was, that was harsh. should execute him with those. Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. Oh, man. That's me. <laughs> you know it here all night you know it but yeah so this is uh this is heating up we're, we're getting pretty close to the end of the the story yeah i did send you a message of the next book the next book i, I forget what it is uh uh yeah i don't know where you sent that you sent it's in a facebook yeah. or a text or something people see me I, I sent it on uh discord oh. but yeah it uh Hopefully people are into it pretty well, you know? People are into it, I hope. Oh, I think so. Cool. Cool, So, cool. Uh, you, know, well, well, you know, we don't have the hugest audience in the world, but everybody seems to be Yeah, the themselves. next the next book is Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, well, shall we uh, continue with our next Let's chapter? Let's do it. 
Let's another do it. another short one, ten minutes long. Uh, here comes yeah. chapter sixteen, everybody. Excellent. Chapter sixteen of Ozma of Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Miriam Esther Goldman. Ozma of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 16, Purple, Green, and Gold The yellow hen, stepping high and with an air of vast importance, walked slowly over the rich velvet carpets of the splendid palace, examining everything she met with her sharp little eyes. Belina had a right to feel important, for she alone shared the Gnome King's secret and knew how to tell the objects that were transformations from those that had never been alive. She was very sure that her guesses would be correct, but before she began to make them, she was curious to behold all the magnificence of this underground palace, which was perhaps one of the most splendid and beautiful palaces in any fairyland. As she went through the rooms, she counted the purple ornaments, and although some were small and hidden in queer places, Bellina spied them all, and found the entire ten scattered about the various rooms. The green ornaments she did not bother to count, for she thought she could find them all when the time came. Finally, having made a survey of the entire palace and enjoyed its splendor, the yellow hen returned to one of the rooms where she had noticed a large purple footstool. She placed a claw upon this and said, Oh! And at once the footstool vanished, and a lovely lady, tall and slender and most beautifully robed, stood before her. The lady's eyes were round with astonishment for a moment, for she could not remember her transformation nor imagine what had restored her to life. "'Good morning, ma'am,' said Bellina in her sharp voice. "'You're looking quite well, considering your age.' "'Who speaks?' demanded the Queen of Ev, drawing herself up proudly. "'Why, my name is Bill, by rights,' answered the hen, who was now perched upon the back of a chair, "'although Dorothy has put scallops on it and made me Bellina. "'But the name doesn't matter. I've saved you from the Gnome King, and you are a slave no longer.' "'Then I thank you for the gracious favor,' said the queen with a graceful curtsy. "'But my children, tell me, I beg of you, where are my children?' And she clasped her hands together in anxious entreaty. "'Don't worry,' advised Belina, pecking at a tiny bug that was crawling over the chair back. "'Just at present they are out of mischief and perfectly safe, for they can't even wiggle.' "'What mean you, O kindly stranger?' asked the queen, striving to repress her anxiety. They're enchanted, just as you have been, all that is except the little fellow Dorothy picked out, and the chances are that they have been good boys and girls for some time, because they couldn't help it. Oh, my poor darlings, cried the queen with a sob of anguish. Not at all, returned the hen. Don't let their condition make you unhappy, ma'am, because... I'll soon have them crowding round to bother and worry you as naturally as ever. Come with me, if you please, and I'll show you how pretty they look. She flew down from her perch and walked into the next room, the queen following. As she passed a low table, a small green grasshopper caught her eye, and instantly Belina pounced upon it and snapped it up in her sharp bill. For grasshoppers are a favorite food with hens, and they usually must be caught quickly before they can hop away. It might easily have been the end of Ozma of Oz had she been a real grasshopper instead of an emerald one. 
But Bellina found the grasshopper hard and lifeless, and suspecting it was not good to eat, she quickly dropped it instead of letting it slide down her throat. I might have known better, she muttered to herself, for where there is no grass, there can be no live grasshoppers. This is probably one of the king's transformations. A moment later, she approached one of the purple ornaments, and while the queen watched her curiously, the hen broke the gnome king's enchantment, and a sweet-faced girl whose golden hair fell in a cloud over her shoulders stood beside them. Ivana, cried the queen. My own Ivana! And she clasped the girl to her bosom and covered her face with kisses. That's all right, said Belina contentedly. Am I a good guesser, Mr. Gnome King? Well, I guess. Then she disenchanted another girl, whom the queen addressed as Ev Rose, and afterwards a boy named Evardo, who was older than his brother Evring. Indeed, the yellow hen kept the good queen exclaiming and embracing for some time, until five princesses and four princes, all looking very much alike except for the difference in size, stood in a row beside their happy mother. The princesses were named Evanna, Evrose, Evella, Evirene, and Evedna, while the princes were Evrob, Evington, Evardo, and Evroland. Of these, Evardo was the eldest and would inherit his father's throne and be crowned king of Ev when he returned to his own country. He was a grave and quiet youth and would doubtless rule his people wisely and with justice. Felina, having restored all of the royal family of Ev to their proper forms, now began to select the green ornaments, which were the transformations of the people of Oz. She had little trouble in finding these, and before long all the twenty-six officers, as well as the private, were gathered around the yellow hen, joyfully congratulating her upon their release. The thirty-seven people who were now alive in the rooms of the palace knew very well that they owed their freedom to the cleverness of the yellow hen, and they were earnest in thanking her for saving them from the magic of the gnome king. Now, said Belina, I must find Ozma. She is sure to be here somewhere, and of course she is green, being from Oz, so look around, you stupid soldiers, and help me in my search. For a while, however, they could discover nothing more that was green. But the queen, who had kissed all her nine children once more, and could now find time to take an interest in what was going on, said to the hen, Mayhap, my gentle friend, it is the grasshopper whom you seek. Of course it's the grasshopper, exclaimed Billina. I declare, I'm nearly as stupid as these brave soldiers. Wait here for me, and I'll go back and get it. So she went into the room where she had seen the grasshopper, and presently Ozma of Oz, as lovely and dainty as ever, entered and approached the Queen of Ev, greeting her as one high-born princess greets another. "'But where are my friends, the Scarecrow and the Tin Woodman?' asked the girl ruler, when these courtesies had been exchanged. "'I'll hunt them up,' replied Delina. "'The Scarecrow is solid gold, and so is Tick-Tock.' But I don't know exactly what the Tin Woodman is, because the Gnome King said he had been transformed into something funny. Ozma eagerly assisted the hen in her quest, and soon the Scarecrow and the Machine Man, being ornaments of shining gold, were discovered and restored to their accustomed forms. But search as they might, in no place could they find a funny ornament that might be the transformation of the Tin Woodman. Only one thing can be done said Ozma at last. 
and that is to return to the Gnome King and oblige him to tell us what has become of our friend. Perhaps he won't, suggested Bellina. He must, returned Ozma firmly. The King has not treated us honestly, for under the mask of fairness and good nature he entrapped us all, and we would have been forever enchanted had not our wise and clever friend, the Yellow Hen, found a way to save us. The King is a villain, declared the Scarecrow. His laugh is worse than another man's frown, said the private with a shudder. I thought he was honest, but I was mistaken, remarked Tick-Tock. My thoughts are usually correct, but it is Smith and Tinker's fault if they sometimes go wrong or do not work properly. Smith and Tinker made a very good job of you, said Ozma kindly. I do not think they should be blamed if you are not quite perfect. Thank you, replied Tick-Tock. Then, said Bellina in her brisk little voice, let us all go back to the Dome King and see what he has to say for himself. So they started for the entrance, Ozma going first, with the queen and her train of little princes and princesses following. Then came Tick-Tock, and the scarecrow with Bellina perched upon his straw-stuffed shoulder. The twenty-seven officers and the private brought up the rear. As they reached the hall, the doors flew open before them, but then they all stopped and stared at the dome cavern with faces of astonishment and dismay for the room was filled with the mail-clad warriors of the Gnome King, rank after rank standing in orderly array. The electric lights upon their brows gleamed brightly. Their battle-axes were poised as if to strike down their foes, yet they remained motionless as statues, awaiting the word of command. And in the center of this terrible army sat the little king upon his throne of rock, but he neither smiled nor laughed. Instead, his face was distorted with rage, and most dreadful to behold. End of chapter 16, read by Miriam Esther Goldman. Well, that's a cliffhanger, isn't it? Sure is. That'll keep everybody oh, well. waiting for next week. Will yeah. the Gnome King become a fair man? No. I can't see him taking the upper, the uh, the upper, upper deck. Uh, <laughs> the upper deck. Um, the upper hand. High road. I mean, I can't see him. The high road. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> the high road. He's he's not that kind of guy. No. No. He really isn't. So, so is it too bad me me putting Barney beating up a dinosaur on the? No, it's gift? fun. It's, fun. Of, it's kind of upsetting, actually. I don't know. <laughs> He's beating that dinosaur beating over and crud, over again. Beating the crud out of him. Yeah, poor thing. <laughs> I don't Barney, think there's, how could you? There's probably actually no head in there. so. Yeah. Uh, there might be a person in there moving around. Yeah, they probably just had their arm in there or something. you know. Anyway, we can't talk about anyway. gifts too much for our podcast listeners. So that's no, why they should that doesn't join make us sense. on our Discord channel. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. Live every Thursday, 7 to 9 Eastern. On the radio for humans. International. On a dis Discord international. Server. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was fun. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, looking forward to the conclusion of this book. I, I did not realize the Gnome King was such an integral villain of this story until I've heard it now, so. Yeah, yeah. There's still not in Oz. It's a dang shame, but, you know, it's one of the, I think it's one of the few stories where they're not in Oz, and they're, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. So, but they're going back. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little story, and you got Dorothy, you got Ozma. They just met. They're not really best, best friends yet, but it could happen. And, uh, you know. (laughs) Give it time for them to work on their relationship. Yeah, yeah. Just like Barney and that dinosaur. Sure. Um, yeah, so onward and upward. So, um, well, uh, we we do. Tip, this is typically where we play Wormwood Force, but if you'd like, I have uh, a fun, short little thing we can play and see what everybody thinks. There's only a few of these available, um, but it's uh, it's called Falstaff Fables, uh, with oh, the interesting. Yeah, and this is. Yeah. Uh, um, done by the uh, uh, the voice of Fred Flintstone, um, Alan Reed, uh, and yeah, which will be like very evident. Voice. But essentially, these are like candy bar commercials where they tell little uh, uh, fairy tales and, and short stories and stuff like that. So well, this fables. one, yeah, fables, fables, Falstaff's fables. But yeah, this is. Uh, the Pied Piper, and there aren't a lot of these around, so I was just like, "Well, let's just grab them and play them where we can." And um, but I'm having a hard time locating the other ones. But here you go, check this out. This is kind of fun. Got cool. some cool organ music in it too. So here we go, Falstaff Fables, Pied Piper. Hello, have you heard? Said the eagle on the quarter to the buffalo on the nickel. Doesn't that Indian on your back ever make you tickle? Yes, it's radio's famous poet, Falstaff Openshaw, with Falstaff's Fables. Transcribed Monday through Friday by Mars Incorporated, makers of Milky Way, the malted milk candy bar. Light, soft nougat, real malted milk, smooth, creamy caramel, all wrapped in extra thick, pure milk chocolate. When you crave good candy... Have a Milky Way. And here comes Falstaff with Falstaff Jr. and another of his famous Falstaff's fables, the Pied Piper of Hamlin. Ready, Falstaff? Precisely why I am here. Schutzt? Kurzt? Gurzt. Tonight, my friends, I'm giving the real inside on the famous old piper who's best known as Pied. Hey, Dad. Yes, lad? He was called a Pied Piper. What's the meaning of that word? It means, uh, uh, you don't know the meaning of pie? No. That's absurd. To continue, my friends, tonight I shall tell... Well, what does it mean? It means, uh, it means the... Uh, <clears throat> oh, well, as I was about to remark in this play... So you don't know what it means. My lad, go away. I may know what pie it means, and again I may not. But why talk of mere pie with the great treat I've got? Do you want a confection that stops in perfection? Eat the bar you can't beat. Milky Way. That malted milk flavor does your palate a favor, and your tongue will say, boy, that's okay. 
Nougat and caramel complete it. But just wait till you eat it. Buy it and try it. Milky Way. Now Falstaff's fable, The Pied Piper. In Hamlin Town, far, far away, the mayor told the folks one day, My friends, with rats, we gotta worry. We've tried a dog, we've tried a kitten, but everywhere the rats is sitting. We gotta get them out and in a hurry. Then up spoke a stranger in the crowd. Your Honor, if I am allowed, I've got a little scheme here that's plenty nifty. I'll play a tune on me doodle sack. The rats will follow when that come back. And my fee will be... Well, let's say seven fifty. So the mayor agreed, and the piper played an old, old song of the piper's trade, an ancient, all but forgotten song of parting. He led the town's rats all away, but when he asked the mayor for his pay, from me you don't get one lead nickel, not a farthing. You mean you're Welshing on this deal? All right for you, you big bad heel. So what are you going to do? Go get Petrillo? But the stranger answered not a word. He played another old tune no one had ever heard. And every kid in town ran after the quaint fellow. Wherever they went, they never returned. And in Hamlin Town, the mayor spurned. And as he weeps, his greediness, he's cursing. The first time what that piper played, there's just one small mistake he made. He overlooked the biggest rat. That's me in person. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, but Peter Piper privately was heard to say, Who wants to be pickled? I'd rather be tickled. Next time I'm going to pick a Milky Way. Good night. Falstaff's Fable, starring Alan Reed, Sr. and Jr., with a rhyming hand from D.H. Johnson, is presented by Mars Incorporated, makers of famous Milky Way candy bars. Yes, whenever you crave good candy, wherever our flag's unfurled, always say Milky Way. Milky Way is out of this world. Dick Tufel speaking. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. So, there you go. Yes, that uh, ended quite suddenly. Wow. Yeah, that, that was... That uh, me off a bit. That was kind of a... And that was Alan Reed Jr. as the, the Pied Piper there. Yeah, so, very musical. Lots of rhyming there. Yeah, a lot of rhyming. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was... Uh, uh, the, of course, the Pied Piper music was played on the or high notes on the organ, so that was kind of mm-hmm. was kind of dumb. But uh, <laughs> if you're gonna do the Pied Piper, get a pipe in there. Come on, you don't have somebody with a penny whistle. Heck, I'd even take a recorder. Yeah, the what? Pied Piper. What what does Pied? I mean, it's not like he just ate a pie, right? Mm, I don't know. Like they never told us. <laughs> They never told us. So, so I guess that's yeah. one of the things we'll have to look up. But uh, but yeah, so I, I thought that was fun. Obviously, very dis- you know. Uh, Hide very- means having two or more different colors. That's it. Okay. So there a piper go. that wears two colors. There you go. 
And uh, anyway, go ahead. But yeah, the voice is very recognizable. Uh, Alan Reed, there, huh? Mm-hmm. Fred Flintstone, yeah. Alan Reed. Yeah, that was nice. So, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, but you know that's uh, interesting because I, I've heard his voice. Uh, Alan Reed's been in a lot of stuff in old time radio before he did the Flintstones. Uh, he used to play villains all the time on The Shadow with uh, uh, opposing Orson Welles. So that's it's quite a career. Mm-hmm. You know, to go yeah. work with uh, Orson Welles and radio and Mel Blanc on uh, cartoons. Yeah. Mel Blanc was the voice of Barney Rubble. The second voice, I believe, of Barney Rubble. Because I think there was somebody was the first and then he quit or got fired or something. I don't know. But yeah, you love to follow those voices, and it's kind of a neat way to to keep. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a neat way to rediscover all this information. You know, like yeah, I, I never thought of it, and uh, it's just me being it's, my it's, the the tome of useless knowledge. You know, uh, <laughs> useless knowledge is interesting. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I like trivia and I like, you know, uh, all these, you know, I, I just, I find the transition yeah. from uh, radio to television and movies and things like that uh, for certain actors to be fascinating and, uh, or voice acting, you know, radio basically became, was, was the training ground for everybody who did a lot of cartoon work in the, you know, and Alan Reed is the perfect example of that. Um, it did, yeah, yeah. And uh, and it is to me. I think it's a crime that uh, you know all this stuff is free on the Internet Archive, and I uh, mm-hmm. and I, I'm glad it is. But I'm also kind of disgusted that people don't care about it enough. Even the companies who arguably hold the copyrights to this stuff just are like, we don't care about old time radio. Take it, yeah. You know, I mean, radio has become such a bastardized uh, medium in this country mm-hmm. and you know people don't care about anything except you know garbage hits and um you know or or gross talk radio or you know mm-hmm. shock jocks and whatever yeah. else it's like you know there's there's no room that they for you know for drama or comedy or you know mm-hmm. unless it's comedy at somebody else's expense by you know Hey, let's let's make fun of the way somebody looks or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. Or let's pull a practical joke and prank call people, and, and it's like, ugh, you know, it's just uh, so it's it's a shame that this is truly a you know I mean there aren't even really like the you know it's not even romanticized hardly in film or anything like that. There have been a few movies about you know uh, radio, radio, you know, uh, it, but it's it's just like. I don't know. I mean, it would be great to see somebody care enough to actually dump some money into a project to really, uh, you know, preserve this stuff properly. You know, the the Internet Archive is a great outlet for that. But there are, you know, there are a lot of lost shows and things like that, too. So... (laughs) but Well, see, that's the interesting thing. It's kind of a mid-century story like how radio became you know movies and things like that and then it kind of evolved into in the sound work 
people make a lot of excuse me money on sound work and and animation today but at oh, the yeah. time i don't think they did so that's probably why it's not valued as much but mm-hmm. it's interesting yeah it's an untold story i think yeah it's just kind of it's just a little heartbreaking to me that it's you know yeah. it, it is so uh just you know neglected so yeah. and um but uh but yeah, so anyway, well, I'm rambling too much about this. Uh, well, mm-hmm. so what we have left on the agenda is our, uh, we have uh, Wormwood Forest, but we have something new. Maybe we could save Wormwood Forest for after the top of the hour and play our new thing mm-hmm. now and see what people think. Okay, let's do it. So, speaking of cartoons, everyone. All hands on deck. Here's Popeye. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man I'm Popeye the Sailor Man I am what I am cause I am what I am I'm Popeye the Sailor Man Tina's his diet. He asks you to try it with Popeye the Sailor Man. Jimmy, Dan, it's time to get up. Well, that's a signal for old man's stomach to get busy. He phones up to your brain and says, Hello, brain, it's been a long time since supper. Now, how about sending down some food? The boys and girls want to know how to please old man's stomach an awful lot. Well, send him down some nice hot brown wheatina. <laughs> yes, sir. That'll make him happy and contented. It tastes great going down, and the minute it gets there, it starts making you feel good all over. <laughs> because your your tummy doesn't keep all that wheatina for itself. No, sir. Popeye's favorite cereal goes right to work, making muscle and putting zip and go into those arms and legs of yours. When the old brain gets that phone call tomorrow morning, you know the answer, don't you? One dish of Wheatina coming down. Well, it looks like Olive is in bed with Popeye. A Mr. Glutch turned Olive's head with flattery. Promised to get her in the movies, proposed marriage, and then deserted her in a flying machine. Now, Popeye rescued her all right, but has declared that he's through with Olive forever. As our scene opens, we find Wimpy and Matey outside Olive's lunch wagon, about to break the news to her. There she is, Wimpy, fixing sandwiches at the lunch counter. Uh, <clears throat> you go first, lad. What's the matter? You scared? Not at all. I merely wish to make a dignified entrance. I don't know what that is, but I think you've got cold feet. Uh, Cease discussing my feet and go on in. Okay. Hello, Olive. Oh, dear, here you are, child, and I'm not half ready. Where are the others? Here comes Wimpy now. Greetings and salutations, Miss Oil. Hello, Wimpy. Uh, where's Popeye? Uh, beg pardon? Are you deaf? 
I said, hello, Wimpy. Where's Popeye? Oh, hello, Miss Oil. Uh, good day. Charming weather. Oh, stop beating around the bush, Wimpy. Where's Popeye? Uh, Popeye is indisposed. Huh? He could not come. What? Uh, no doubt he is ill. Well, my gracious, why didn't you say so? I'll go right over. Oh, tut, tut. He might have a fever. He might be violent. Goodness, I'll get a couple of doctors. Oh, gee, Wimpy, why don't you tell her the truth? The truth? Tell me this minute. What happened? Well, you see, Alice, Popeye isn't coming here anymore. Yeah, he feels that, that all is over between you and him. All is over? You mean that we aren't going to be friends anymore? Gee, Alice, don't take it so hard. He'll get over it. You have us, my dear Olive. We can commune over hamburgers. Oh, dear. I think I'm going to cry. What's the matter? Popeye got mad because you got engaged to that Mr. Gluck. Yes, and he felt that you had given him the cold shoulder. Oh, <laughs> it's his own fault anyway. Popeye never proposed to me. Well, uh, perhaps Popeye is... Not the proposing kind. Well, then he hasn't any right to be so ornery. Never mind, Miss Oil. After all, you have me. <laughs> I, J. Wellington Don Juan Casanova Wimpy. But, 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 but I don't want you. Oh, I want to die. Oh, golly, <laughs> Olive, don't take it so. Pretend you don't care. Come on, let's go on a picnic. That's just what we'll do. And have such a good time, he'll be jealous, the old meanie. Well, Olive, cheer up. Come on, where's the lunch basket? Right over there. Wimpy, you leave those hamburgers alone. They're for the picnic. Maisie, you go on and watch for a trolley car. Okay, Olive. I can scarcely move carrying this heavy basket. Well, you just move and like it. Get along. I'm practically in motion. In fact, here I go. I'll be with you in a minute. Okay, Olive. 
You're next, Wimpy, but be careful of that lunch basket. Yes, yes, of course. Hurry up there, Sleepy. Hurry up. I can't wait here all day. I would have you know I am heavy laden. Come on, come on. I'll give you a hand. Just a minute. Don't start the car. I'm a come in. Make it snappy, sister. You be careful how you talk to me. I'm a lady, I'll have you know. All right, all right. Who's paying the fares? I uh, believe you are the hostess, Miss Oil. Uh, just a minute. Here's the money. Hold fast, everybody. Look out, Sit down. Ouch! You knocked me over. I told you to hold on, lady. Well, you might have waited till I got in my seat. Did you hurt yourself, Father? No, I don't think so, but I got a terrible joke. Here, you sit next to the window, Olive. Yes, have the window seat, Miss Oil. A lovely view. The only view I see is the street, and I see that every day. Well, I always say, if there's nothing but the street to look at, look at the bright side of the street. My goodness, Wimpy's a regular ray of sunshine. Look, Olive, we're leaving the edge of town. Oh, dear, now he will begin to run this car reckless. Heaven, what happened? I was sound asleep. Nothing except the motorman has gone crazy and these cars are running wild. Mercy, let me off. I'm a nervous man. Keep your feet, Wendy. If I can stand it, you can. Look, Olive, we're coming to that big curve. Gracious, isn't he going to slow down first? No, he's not. Hold on, Olive. Oh, oh, I can't bear to look. Here we go. Horrors, and still the fiend speeds on. Why? He's going even faster. Say, Mayor, Mr. Conductor. What is it, lady? You tell that motorman to slow down, or we're liable to have a smash off. Hey, he is going kind of fast, lady. I'll speak to him. Well, I should think so. First thing you know, we'll all end up in Kingdom Come. Sally, he's going faster than ever now. Look at him, Mom. They're all excited. Oh, my goodness, I just know something's gone wrong. Here comes the conductor. Ask him. Uh, Mr. Conductor, what's the trouble? Why doesn't he slow down? He can't, ma'am. The brakes are jammed or something. Holy smoke, and we're going down Red Hill. Oh, oh, and, and there's a big truck right across the track. We're going to hit it. We're going to hit it. I believe so. I have never been quite so killed before. Gee, the motorman's gone, but we're still going downhill. He's falling out. Oh, conductor. Never mind calling him. He's crawled out the back window. The coward. The deserter. The baroque. What do we do? I'll see. There's someone coming. Way down the track. Verily, it looks like Popeye. Golly, it is Popeye. He's standing right in the track. He'll be killed. Dies like a hero. Uh, 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 Wimpy. A ghost. 
heaven. Where shall I run? Goose nothing. It's Popeye hanging on the back of the car. Popeye, Popeye, you were run over. Aren't you, Dale? No, I come out alive at the other end and I hangs on. I am too tough for a little thing like a trolley car to hurt me. Alas, we will all be killed together. Popeye will stop the car and fool you, Popeye. Yeah, matey. But first I need extra special muscle. Wimpy, me favorite cereal. What are your requirements, Popeye? Well, on account I has to use me feet for brakes to stop this here trolley, I need three bones. Three bones coming up. Wait, Peanut, do your stuff. Here's one. Here's another. And the third. Now look at me muscles. I let myself down easy, and I start using me feet for brakes. Here goes. The racers, look at the fog fly. Hasten, there is a stream of traffic crossing the track ahead. I has to go easy or I burns me feet off. Hurry, Popeye, try again. Okay, matey, I just be best. Me big toe is on fire. Oh, we're ahead right into that traffic. No, we doesn't. I stop, sir. proposition? Try Wheatina just once. And if it isn't the best tasting cereal you ever met, well, forget Wheatina from then on. Now, what do you say? Is that a go? I am what I am because I am what I am. Yeah. He eats spinach, therefore he is. No, uh, no. Well, I He's guess Wittina, Wittina, I mean. Which I, I don't know. know how to spell. 
uh, I have no W-H-E-A-T-E-N-A idea. W H E A T E N A because okay. I just looked it up. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, have you ever sniffed hot brown? And, and they say that, and it's like hot brown weeting. <laughs> it's like sniffed hot brown weeting. That that is the worst sales That's pitch. The worst. Hot and brown. Oh. Have you ever sniffed hot brown? Unfortunately, I have sniffed hot brown. <laughs> Not a big fan of it. Um, we all know what that means. Well, okay. I tr- I tried to post a witchina commercial, but yeah, it didn't work out. Uh but yeah. Yeah, if so... Popeye isn't eating spinach, he's a sellout. Levin says, and I believe it. Yeah. Well. I'll tell you what, um, we should probably take a break because we're a little over the top of the hour, but that'll, that'll give us plenty of time to catch up with Wormwood Forest and Jerry the Circus, and hopefully Yay! we'll have a drop from uh, for Kiddo. Yeah, okay. So cool. it could happen. Yeah. We could be... Kiddo is not a fan of Wetina, actually. He is... I don't think... I bet, I bet Kiddo loves the spinach, though. He probably I does. love the spinach. But yeah, I, I can't believe Popeye. I'm sorry I'm yawning. This weather is just messing me up. <laughs> but, Hopefully uh, you'll sleep well tonight. But I'm sure I will. It's not, I don't have a problem sleeping so much. It's just being awake. <laughs> being awake is hard. Yeah, so that's what that's what the cat your cat is saying to me right now. He's, yeah, that's what all of them. He's are saying. awake for the ten minutes of the day that he's awake. Uh, anyway, yeah, let's go to right. commercial. Let's go to break. Well, here's some other cereal commercials. When you're looking for a treat to freshen taste and keep breath sweet, get double smoothness, flavor too. Get the gum that's double good to chew. Double your pleasure, double your fun, with double the double the double mint gum. This is Sandy Becker saying, keep cooking with Crisco. It's all vegetable. It's digestible. Once upon a time there was an engineer. Choo-choo Charlie was his name we hear. He had an engine and he sure had fun. He used good and plenty candy to make his train run. Finest ingredients aged for flavor. That's Lucky Lager. Flavor that's entertaining, enthusiastic, a very exciting beer. Lucky beer, premium beer, lucky premium beer. Keep the refrigerator stocked with Kraft's famous cheese food, Velveeta, to spread or slice for swell toasted sandwiches. Velveeta is a natural for late evening snacks, you know, because it's digestible as milk itself. These days, you really ought to be buying rich golden Velveeta in the two-pound size. So you'll have plenty for snacks and also to melt for economical meatless main dishes. Remember, smooth-melting Velveeta helps supply the protein you expect from a main dish, but the price is low. Tomorrow, get Kraft's famous Velveeta. (laughs) 
program is brought to you by the makers of Popsicle, Budgicle, and Creamsicle, those delicious frozen confections on a stick. Now I have a swell surprise for you. The famous winner of the typical American boy contest has now become Popsicle Pete. And here's a message from him. Hello, everybody. I sure am glad to meet you. And boy, am I glad I was picked to be the typical American boy. Because now I'm Popsicle Pete. I always wanted to be on the radio. And now I have a chance to tell you about some wonderful presents you can get. Free. See, you ought to see them. Hundreds of them. You get them just for saving bags from Misty Popsicle, Pudgicle, and Creamsicle. Some gifts. Even better than Christmas. You can get a wristwatch, a movie camera, table tennis, a wallet, a doll. See, lots of gifts. Just save the bags from pop- Popsicle, Creamsicle, and Fudgicle on a handy stick. Boy, did they taste good. Wholesome, too. And nourishing. Made fresh every day of the finest ingredients. The biggest five cents worth anywhere. And say, kids, get the free illustrated Popsicle gift list at your ice cream store. A free coupon comes with it. Worth ten bags. Dentists know what cleans teeth best. And over 4,000 dentists say Colgate Tooth Powder with a two-minute routine gets teeth sparkling and super clean. So to remove dull film and get your teeth shining clean, just brush teeth two minutes morning and night with Colgate Tooth Powder. Brush inside, outside, and biting surface. To keep your dog in top condition, get your pet complete nutrition. Feed them sturdy, make them sturdy, happy, friendly, happy, furry. Any dog can be a winner if he eats some sturdy dinner. Feed them sturdy, beefy sturdy, that's with thinking, just on sturdy. Ask any dog who's tasted it, the doggy with the bit. You sturdy dinner, dog food is delicious. Hi, Charlie. What you watching? Ballet. Oh, how is it? Too soon to tell. So far, it's been nothing but dancing. But I'll watch it anyway. To show Starkist my good taste. But Charlie, Starkist don't want tunas with good taste. Starkist wants tunas that taste good. Hey, that's for me. Sorry, Charlie. Only good tasting tuna get to be Starkist. Good tasting 100% prime filet. This is good tasting tuna. Get Starkist tuna. Note the name. Starkist. From San Francisco comes... Right, a roly, the San Francisco treat. Right, a roly, the flavor can't be beat. One pan of boiling cooking ease, the flavor that is sure to please. Right, a roly, the San Francisco treat. Rice aroni, the delicious break from potatoes. Now in six fabulous flavors. One pan of boiling cooking ease, the flavor that is sure to please. Right, a rolling for San Francisco treat. Liquid gold. Back from break, maybe? Liquid gold? Liquid gold. Velveeta commercial. Oh. Delicious. Is it a solid? Is it a liquid? Velveeta. It's not a food. It's the food of my youth. It's a cheese food. Cheese food, yeah. (laughs) Cheese spread. All-purpose slop. (laughs) It is delicious. It is. It is salty. I'm not going to lie. 
eat it like crack. No, don't. Don't. Don't try and smoke it like crack. Yeah. That could hurt you. I'm just saying, some foods are addictive. Yes. Yep. So, uh, alright, well, welcome back to the show, everybody. And I think it's about time we, uh, well, I think Kiddo is probably incoming here, unless he's already It drunk. could happen. Not yet. It's coming. So. I don't see it. No, not yet. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, hey, Joe showed up. So, <laughs> brush up, brush up, brush up. And, oh, that's uh, nice. So, uh, yeah, well, we, we have, um, yeah, Wormwood Forest and Jerry the Circus. Two more parts. So, mm -hmm. we're excited to cool. bring that to you. So, uh, It's kiddo time! All right. Foxfire says it's kiddo time. There it is! Oh! Kiddo, kiddo horse the barbecue. barbecue! Oh my god. That is awesome. How did she know that that Wimpy would be the... Oh, see? Well, Wimpy I think eating bar Wimpy eating hamburgers. Fourth of July. Yeah, Fourth of July. So, it's well, time. It's time to start barbecuing, I guess. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. Thank you, Foxfire. That's beautiful. That's delightful. So I better get to coloring. Yep. Uh, you gotta so, do it. Yeah. Getting the show art ready. So all, all right. right. Well, let's. And Belina apparently is a guest of honor as well at the cookout. Oh, is she? They're fast friends. Yeah. Oh, there she is on the back. <laughs> With a can oh, of she's beer. got a beer. She's got a can of beer. That's awesome. I love it. Just so. a little sip. Just a little sip for Fourth of July. Well, kiddo's a little careless at the burgers too. There's one on the ground. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, without further ado, uh, let's uh, take a trip to Wormwood Forest, everyone. Woo -woo. Here comes the crappy sounding rooster. <laughs> Another day in Wormwood Forest. Hello, boys and girls. Again, it's time for another visit with our friends down in Wormwood Forest. Hey, hey, don't run away. Listen up why you want to stay. There's always lots of fun down in Wormwood Forest. Hello, everybody. This is Nippy Dwarf. Today, Barbecue Pig goes to the ballet with Swindler Q Fox. So don't leave your radio, listen to our animal show. There's always lots of fun down in Wormwood Forest. Oh, I do love the ballet, Swindler Q-Folk. It was very charming of you to bring me, Barbecue Pig. They say the ballet Goose de Monte Carlo is the best in the world. Oh, yes. I've heard they have the most talented dancers available. What's next on the program? I do believe it's the Tennessee Waltzing Horse. Oh, our adore waltzing horses. Oh, quite the lights are dimming. I understand you're going to build a new hotel. Oh, yes. The Dwarf Waldorf is so archaic. 
so passe, so, so run down. The Dirt Hotel will be modern, expensive. What? I plan to spend a lot of money on it. Money? Quite a lot? Duh. Big. Just how much do you mean by quite a lot? Oh, thousands and thousands, swindler. Oh, quite the next number starting. It's Lana Love a Lightning Bug. Ah, the flame that attracts them all. The Lightning Bug's going to dance now. Lana Love a Lightning Bug is so graceful. Don't you think so, Swindler Q. Of course, Steve, of course. But now, about your money. was lovely. Big, to get back to your money. When I'm out with you, we always seem to get back to it. In fact, we never seem to get away from it. Who is going to build your hotel, Pig? Why, the Eager Beaver Building Corporation, of course. Of course. I was afraid of that. Mm. Pig, why don't you let me take charge of the building? What do you know about building, Swindler Q? <laughs> My dear Pig. You really need someone to handle the money for the building. Someone you can trust. <laughs> and you're that someone, Fox? Can you make my money go farthest? Madam, when it comes to making money go far, Swindler like you is your fox. <laughs> Hey, Debbie Dwarf. Oh, what is it, Frankie Frog? Have you heard? Have you? Huh, huh, have you heard? Have I heard what? Stop hopping around the lobby and tell me what for. It's about the pig and the fox. Boy, what a joke. I don't see anything funny about a pig and a fox. Oh, you know, Swin like you. Fox the big crook. Oh, that stupid pig. Frankie, please explain or refrain from that jumping. <laughs> okay, Shorty. I just heard that the pig is letting Swin like you, Fox, handle the money for her hotel. Oh, no. If she does that, her hotel will never be built. <laughs> I didn't think the pig was that gullible, Dippy. Well, Frankie, we've got to make the pig realize how dangerous this can be. Why, Shorty? It's her money. Besides, if she loses her money and doesn't build a hotel, you won't have any competition with your dwarf warlord. Well, I see your point, Frankie. But I do hate for the pig to be swindled. Well, all I can say is, if she's foolish enough to be taken in by a slick fox... Well, Frankie, look at it this way. Even if we forget about the pig, there's the fox. We mustn't give him an opportunity to make a crook of himself. Oh, you want to keep the jail empty, huh? You want the jailer to lose his job. You want the jailer to fall apart. Oh, along with you, Frog. I can see you won't be any help. Uh, you'll see. I'm going upstairs to Kitty's room. And down the hall to the pretty Kitty's room. Beep, beep. Come ye out. Come ye out. Come ye out, the pretty kid, and I will serenade the moon. Come ye out, come ye out, come ye out, my pretty kid, and I will sing a little tune. Not meow. Hey, why not? I'm not through manicuring my claws. Oh, come on, kitty baby. I've seen you unmanicured before. Come on out. Hello, dream frog. <laughs> Hiya, kitty baby. Gee, you sure do look pretty today. And every day. What's on your mind, if any? Uh, the pig. The pig. Hmm? Are you thinking about that hey, pig again? But no, Just I, because she has but, money. Hey, hey, Kitty, please don't misconstrue my that words. That pig, I could I, scratch every but, dollar out of her bank hey, account. Kitty, let me explain. Frankie Frog, don't you ever speak to me again. I'm leaving. So where are you going? It's over to Susie's skunk. If you so much as look like but, you're but, following but, me, but, I'll, I'll scratch but, your but, eyes but, out. But, <laughs> Thank you.
hope Susie Skunk is at home. That frog, always thinking about the pig and her money. If you're working your way through Undertaker School by selling embalming fluid, I don't... Oh, hello, Kitty. Hello, Susie Skunk. May I come in? Oh, of course. Don't mind the doormat. It's of no consequence. Sue, I have been mistreated. You have? Well, it doesn't show except in your eyes. They look mad. Susie, it's that wealthy Virginia ham again. Barbecue pig? Yes, she's stolen my frog's affection. You mean Frankie has her on his mind? He's always mentioning her name. Well, when you mentioned her name just now, Kitty, I thought you were going to talk about her new arrangement. What are you getting at, Sue? Haven't you heard? The pig is letting Swindler Q. Fox handle the money for building her new hotel. Oh, is that so? Doesn't she know that fox can't be trusted? Evidently not. Money. Kitty, are you thinking of some fiendish scheme? Call it what you like, Susie. The only reason Frankie likes a pig is her money. She has lots of it. Such stacks of cash you've never seen. Well, if the fox is going to handle the money... Maybe I can persuade him to run away with it. Oh, that shouldn't be hard to do. He has itchy fingers and restless feet. And then the pig wouldn't have so much money. And Frankie wouldn't like her for her money then. And he'd come hopping back to me, all mine again. And he'd take you in his green arms and sing to you. Oh, joy. Oh, ecstasy. Oh, frog. Oh, kitty. Oh, what? You're thinking of persuading the fox to do something dishonest. I never thought of it that way. And I can't let you be an accomplice to a crime. Would it really be a crime? Oh, yes. And you'll be arrested. I can see you sitting there, a cold, dark cell, hungry and forlorn. The stone walls are down. Susie, don't say that. The mush is cold. Your fur is tangled. No brush, no comb. I should come in or not? No, come on in, Woodchuck. No, mercy me. What's going on here? Oh, it's very sad, Chucky. I can hardly stand it. It's awful, Dunclot. Terrible. Don't do that. I can't stand to see you cry. Here, here's my hanky. Thank you, Chucky. I feel better now that you're here. I'm so glad. I'd love to be a comfort to you, Sue. I'm glad something stopped us. My tears were ruining my mascara. Yes. What was so sad, Sue? Kitty almost embarked on a life of crime. And Susie stopped me just in time. My Susie, you're so noble. You're so wonderful. Chucky, you do say the nicest things. (laughs) I can see I'm not wanted here. Goodbye, lovers. Goodbye. Well, that idea is no good. But I must think of something that will keep the frog from thinking about the pig. I'll just sit here on this rock. Hi! Who's sitting on me? Oh, the turtle. Whoever you are, I wish you'd move. I'm sick and tired of being sat upon. Oh, 
Hi, Kitty. Hello, Timothy. I'll move. Oh, you don't need to bother, Kitty. It's a pleasure to be sat upon by you. <laughs> Tim, I'm worried. Well, tell the turtle all about it and get your worries off my shale. My frog always thinks about the pig because she has so much money. But maybe the pig won't have the money very long now. Oh, then you've heard about the fox handling her money, too. Yeah, yeah. I guess Barbecue Pig has lost her interest in money. Mighty careless thing to do. I've just got to think of a way to make the frog concentrate on me and not that pig. Well, why don't you be noble and forgive him for thinking about the pig? I've tried everything else. I'll try that. I saw Frankie a few minutes ago. Where was he going? Oh, he was hopping like 60 to the grasshopper's junk shop. Hey, General Grasshopper. Oh, hi, Frankie boy. Hey, hi, you Grasshopper. You, you happen to have a good, strong money box? Money box? Let me think. Seems like I had one over here behind this keg of nails. Whoops, whoops. My old kegs aren't very dependable these days. You see, or I'll help you pick them up. Careful, Frog. There are carpet tacks mixed in with the nails. Oh, who's afraid of carpet tacks? I'm not a carpet. Well, just to say, be careful. Yeah, 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 who's that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Help, I'm losing my balance. Whoa, look out, look Frog. Out. The tacks. Oh, 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 oh. oh. fell right oh. in the tacks. Oh, you're telling me I fell in the tacks. I think I've been attacked. Judging oh, from your back, you look like a pin cushion for tacks. Oh, you shouldn't have scared me, kitty baby. Here, Frog, oh. let me pull out the oh. tacks. I've got a feeling I'm not going to like this. Here we go. Oh. 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 Hey, that's awfully slow, Grasshopper. Can't you do it faster? I know. I'll get my magnet. Just have it right here. Here it is. Frog, now you hold on to that tree over there. Yeah, I'm holding. Now I'll just bring this magnet closer. Such silly business. There you are, Frog. Clean as a whistle. Yeah, I feel ventilated, I do. Oh, Frankie, I've decided to do the big thing and forgive you for thinking about the pig. Gee, that's sweet of you, kitty baby. And you must never think about the pig again. Yeah, I won't. I'll attend to business strictly. Oh, uh, Frankie, is, uh, is this box big enough? Say, that's just about the right size, Gerald. Shall I wrap it up for you? You know, I'll just take it as it is. Frankie, what's that? Oh, it's a metal box. Yeah, Kitty can say it's a metal money box. A money box? Why, you frog, you. Getting a metal money box so the pig can protect her money. No, 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 Kitty, baby. Of all the nerves. No, no, no. After you promise me to never again think of that pig. What, you, you no no good frog, you take that. No, oh, 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 my punctured frog skin. I'm through with you. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, but Kitty, this money box isn't for the pig. It's for Dippy Dwarf. For Dippy Dwarf? Yeah, he sent me over here to get it. Oh. Oh, Frankie. Oh. Oh, I acted oh. before I thought. Forgive oh. me, Frog. Mm, well, I forgive you, Kitty, but try not to let it happen again. These tacks are not my idea of a picnic. Well, guess I better get what Magda to get. Hey, look who's coming. Dippy Dwarf. Oh, Grace Hepper, is Frankie here? Oh, there you are, Frog. Yeah, hiya, Dippy. Did you get the metal money box? You sure did. Uh, there it is. Oh, dandy. The pig's waiting for it. The pig? Yes. It's for barbecue pig. She needs it for safety's sake. Now that the fox is handling her money. Kitty, don't look at me that way. I didn't know what Dippy wanted for this. I didn't, I didn't know he wanted for the pig. You'll never get me oh, to believe don't. that. Get oh, out of oh, here, you oh, worthless frog. Oh, oh, you get oh, out. Oh. There they go, grasshopper. I suppose I'd never understand their romance. Well, Duppy, it's just like a grasshopper and his tobacco. How's that, Gerald? Sometimes a bite off board I can chew. <laughs>
The path of true love never runs smooth, but we'll bet that swindler Q. Fox will do some smooth running if he ever gets his hands on the biggest fortune down in Wormwood Forest. Hey, hey, that's all today. We're so glad that you could stay. There's always lots of fun down in Wormwood Forest. Till next time, Barbecue Pig decides to make a few changes in her hotel plans. Till then, this is Dippy Dwarf saying so long. Remember next Saturday, listen to our animal play. There's always lots of fun down in Wormwood Forest. Wormwood Forest, written by Tom Titchener, has come to you from WSM in Nashville, Tennessee. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Wow. That cat's got a horrible temper. Let me tell you. Yeah. It's like Tennessee Shoot. when he doesn't want me to leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> Bosses you around a little bit too much. Yeah, what cat. are you going to do? Yeah. But yeah, he's this a... uh, poor frog, I mean, you know, uh, the, he, uh, he's he got a lot of stab wounds after this episode. Mm-hmm. So, he sure does. Yeah. So, the, the you know, I, I don't know, understand why, you know... Uh, they're worried about a fox by the name of Swindler. <laughs> I mean, it seems like a perfectly rational name. Yeah, pack all your money up and give them to him. Yeah, that's why, why wouldn't Bonkers. you do that? So, uh, but yeah, you know, this is a you know another fun one. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a this is a cutesy little enjoyable program. Sure. And uh, you know, it's uh it's got its uh charming qualities to it. Yeah. So um yeah. hopefully all our listeners are gonna at build home a building. Are that fox is it. gonna build a building. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we saw some buildings being built today. We were surprised. Oh dear lord. Yeah, down down by the west side market. They're going crazy. Yeah. Big we apartment. We drove by buildings. there and, and there used to be a a big, you know, your bank was there, and, and uh, you dollar know, store. some different buildings, a dollar store, the cable company was there, and then it's like, bang, there was a big building there, and I, I mean, I think I've heard about it, like, you know, I don't know, Cleveland, uh, people are taking advantage of the riverfront and the lakefront, and yeah. the view and everything like that, which is exciting to, you know, new people moving in and stuff. But mm -hmm. it's well, just I surprising gotta, how yeah. quick they can get things done when they yeah. want to. Well, I got to say, it's a real treat. Uh, the the kiddo one is a real treat. I'm almost done with it. I just need to put the show title oh, on good. it. So, and we only have 30 minutes left and we have oh, just about okay. 30 minutes of Jerry of the Circus. So, well, let's go. Let's uh, go. Sorry go. to distract no that's okay good conversation here we go jerry of the circus
Now for Jerry of the Circus. Shh, quiet, Jerry. I'm sorry. Can you see anything, Jason? Not yet. You sure you saw those shadows around the horse tent? Sure I did. All right. Cut across this open space and get behind that tent. There where they keep the zebras. Careful or they might get excited and start moving about. There, see? A flap through the horse tent. Move then. Yeah, I saw it too. There it goes. Look how high up it's opening. Jason, it, it's a snake. See that thing? Shh, don't be silly. Well, it, it does look like... Oh, <laughs> Jerry, look. Jason, oh no, it, it can't be. Don't scare him. But, but Jason, is he the robber? I don't really think he had much to do with stealing the payroll, but I'm pretty sure he's the alfalfa thief Whitey's been crying about. An elephant. Look, he, he's coming out. There he goes. Pretty smart, eh? And look at the huge bund of alfalfa in his trunk. Look how carefully he pulls that leg along. The one with the chain on it. See, he doesn't even make a noise. And he's heading right for his own tent, too. Yep. Notice anything funny about it? I think the whole thing's funny. No, I mean something special. I don't know what. Maybe you haven't been around here long enough to know this, but usually when some of the elephants have been away and they come back... Yeah, they all call to each other and make funny trumpeting noises. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And now you don't hear a sound. Maybe they're asleep, huh? No, I doubt it. They know he's doing something he shouldn't, and none of them will do anything to give him away. Can't we talk out loud now? Oh, sure, I forgot. You know, Jason, I I never heard of such a thing. What? Like that whole herd of elephants keeping quiet so that one of them can get away with something he shouldn't. Well, they sure are cagey, aren't they, Jerry? Well, I suppose we'll have to run around and tell Olsen. Who's Olsen? He's the head elephant man. Oh. And will he be annoyed when he finds that elephant has been getting out nights? <laughs> it seems to me he'd know it being around him all day. Wouldn't he notice that one elephant's chain was loose? Probably not. Those babies are marvelous. They put the chains right back where they belong and stand quietly all day in their exact spot, just as if they were tied. But when they take them into the ring or out to help move the show, wouldn't the guard notice it? It sounds like a fairy story, I admit, Jerry. But some of the elephants are so tricky, they put the chain back around the stake so it looks right. You wouldn't hold them, though. No, but the guard who's taking them out won't notice it unless he's pretty alert and up in his job. Gee, I, I never knew elephants could be so thrilling. You haven't heard anything yet. Wait till you get Olsen started. Oh, here we are. He bunks in here. Wait a second, I'll call him. Olsen! Hey, Olsen. Yeah. Yes, who is it? It's Jason. Come out here a second. Oh, hey, just a minute. Quiet, Rags. Yeah. What's the matter? What's the matter, huh? Jerry. Yeah? I want you to know our elephant man. Olsen, this is the boy whose detective work has uncovered one of the circus's major mysteries. Well, I'm sure glad to meet you, son. Thanks, me too. Oh, this is my partner, Rags. Well, <laughs> Hello there, pup. You look more like a mascot than a partner. I, I guess he's my mascot, too. <laughs> Any more to your family? No, Rags is all the family I got. Pretty large order for such a tiny animal. He's not so little. <laughs> Olsen's used to big animals, Jerry. After all, Rags isn't very impressive in size when, you, when you're used to elephants. <laughs> uh, um, I'm not trying to change the subject, but uh, what's all this I hear about my elephants? After all, I'm not getting up in the middle of the night just to meet some nice new people. <laughs> you're certainly not. Nor am I going to stay up the rest of the night to play nurse to your playful elephants. Well, what happened, Jason? What's it all about? I guess Whitey didn't tell you because he didn't figure you'd have anything to do with it. But there's been several bays of alfalfa disappearing from the horse tent in the past week. Oh, eh? Yeah, and we just saw one of the elephants carrying a bale out of the horse tent just as pretty as you please. You did? Well, I'll have to look into this. I didn't know I had any thieves among my herd. I'll go over and check up on it right away. Can I go with you, Mr. Olson? Well, it's pretty late, son. You mean early. Look, it's beginning to get light over there in the east now. Yeah, so it is. Aw, oh, gee, we can't go to bed now. 
That's finding that elephant and everything. We're too excited, aren't we, Ray? <laughs> You're both Nighthawks. But I was that way myself when I was a kid. Well, night, all of you. You mean good morning, don't you? <laughs> I'm afraid the boys got something there, Jason. Well, uh, thanks for getting me up. Well, that's okay. Uh, Jerry and I will run along and put my charges back to bed. Well, so long. So long. Gee, thanks for letting me stay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the way, Jerry. Let's go in just as quietly as we can. See if there's anything wrong. Uh, will the dog bark? Not if I tell him not to. Quiet, Rags, and keep quiet. All right, now. now don't fall over one of those sticks. Now, I learned that lesson. Shh. All right, now. Uh, here we are. Well, I can't hear a sound in there, can you? No. I'll pull the flap aside, and you slip in. I'll follow. Okay, here I go. Gee, it's dark. Mm. Right, son. Now, I'll just turn my flashlight on. There we are. Will you look at them? Just as if they were sound asleep. <laughs> They're just like naughty children. You mean to say they knew we were here all the time? Uh, more than likely. They probably either smelled me or recognized my footsteps. But, but we didn't make a sound. Oh, listen, these are jungle animals. They hear things clearly that we can't possibly hear. Gee, there must be an awful lot in this world that we miss. <laughs> Lad, you said something then. You come along with me. We'll just go down the line and find out who the guilty animal is. They're a riot. They all look so innocent. Maybe it's just the way they're made and they can't help it. Well, I never thought of that, but perhaps their faces aren't as expressive as they might be. Oh, oh, here she is. Molly! Look at that chain, will you? Oh, no, you can't fool me. <laughs> you bad animal. Don't you talk back to me. You know you've done wrong. Listen to her argue. Well, I've heard enough. And all these other animals in here were in cahoots with you, too. <laughs> she knows she's been bad. You know, honest to goodness, Jerry, sometimes taking care of elephants is like running a nursery. <laughs> Nobody's here. All right, Rags, it'll only take a minute. Where did Bumps put his tobacco? Said it was right on this chair. All right, I know I knocked those pants off. Rags, Rags, stop it. What are you doing? What on earth are you shaking those pants up for? Look out, you'll tear them. Oh, I see. They belong to Lorenz. My goodness, but you do hate that man, don't you? Stop it. You'll get me into trouble, Rags. Put those things down. Ah, Rags, now look at what you've done. Torn a button off or something. I will get in Dutch now and whip Lorenz. You are a mutt. Yes, you are. You'd better hide under that bed. I'll see. Where's the button? Rags? Rags? Gee whiz, what do you think this is? Aw, oh, no, Rags, I'm not schooling you. Come here, look. That's right, get out from under the bed. Now, look at this. It's the metal piece that was lost from the gun that was at the robbery. And in Lorenz's pants. I, I can hardly believe it. Gee, quick, wait till I put these pants back so they look right. Come on, Rags, we're going places. Come on, Rags, quick. We've got to find Jason. Yeah, he'll be back with his cast because it's pretty near time for the matinee. Where you going, boy? Another fire? No, ju just running a race. There he is. Jason. Jason. What's wrong, Jerry? I, I found it. 
Gee, I... Take it easy. There's lots of time. Jason, I, I got the piece. I, I got it. What piece? Jerry, what on earth are you talking about? <laughs> Don't tell me you're still playing detective. Yeah, that's it. See, here it is. The piece to the gun. No. Jerry, where did you get the piece? Rags on it. In the wagon. What wagon? Our wagon, where we make up. No. Yeah, he got hold of some pants that I knocked off on the floor and... Whose pants? Lorenzo's. You know how Rags hates him. Well, he banked, began to shake him up. And, I know. And this dropped out. What a break. I can hardly believe it. Well, we got it anyway. I'll bet I know what happened. What? I'll bet that thing broke off when that gun was dropped on the floor. That's what we thought, but we looked for it in the office wagon and it wasn't there. I know, but it probably bounced up into the cuff of Lorenz's pants. You're kidding. I'm not. If Lorenz had seen that thing, you don't think he'd have kept it, do you? He'd have thrown it away. It's too damaging. Yeah, I, I never thought of that. Golly, I've got to go on pretty soon. Now, Jerry, listen carefully. Not a word of this. Go to the pad room. When Lorenz and Decker get through with the rack, you and Bumps keep them there talking. I'll get Randall, tell him the story, and it looks to me as if you've helped to solve another mystery. Gee, if it'll prove that you're not guilty, it'll sure be worth okay, it. Okay, Jerry, get going. I'm gone. That's the story, Mr. Randall. At least that's what it looks like to me. Uh, nice work, Jason. That's cool thinking. Mighty glad to have you cleared, but I'm sorry to find that a couple of my best performers pull a thing like that on me. Well, there are all kinds of people in this world. Uh, I've never had much confidence in Lorenz. He's difficult, nasty temper, and I've sensed he was dangerous from the first. Uh, but he's got a good act. Well, that's right. And I always liked Decker. Seemed a little weak, but nice enough. Here they come now, Mr. Randall. Yeah. All right. Stay here, Jason. Oh, uh, Lorenz! Yes, Mr. Randall. Come here a minute. Yeah. What do you want? Uh, did you ever see this before? No. What is it? It was found in your trousers and your makeup wagon. So, people snoop around my things, Well, huh? we won't go into that now. It's a piece off the gun that held up Bennett and the payroll. I hear that gun belonged to Jason. Oh, so, I see it now. Jason here is trying to plant robbery on me, eh? Why, you dirty... There, here, now, just a minute, you two. Now, look here, both of you. You're both under suspicion. I don't want either of you or Decker to leave this lot for any reason. And I'm telling Barney right now to keep his eye on all of you. You understand? Yeah, you bet I do. And you bet I clear this thing up. I understand. I think you are a wise man, Mr. Randall. Uh, may I go now? Decker and I have a little rehearsing to do. All right. But remember what I just said. No danger. I will not forget. Decker! Wait! Anything wrong? Look natural or we're done for. Come on, walk slowly out of here toward our wagon. What is it? Bad? Bad. You bet it's bad. We catch that 540 train this afternoon out of this town, and we sleep tonight in jail. And we got to go fast. But, but... I, I say we got to beat it, see? We've already caught, only I pulled a fast one. And now we get that train before someone pulls a fast one and locks us up. <laughs> That's what happens when you go through a man's drawers. Ah, you've been looking through my pants. Yeah. Wow. Definitely a violation of privacy, but... Yeah. They're, they're still trying to figure out who the, who the one was that stole all the money from the... Right? Because it's related to the gun. And... Yeah, the payroll. Yeah, nobody's solved that crime yet. Well, that's how these serials work. They just let things yeah. drag on and on and on. 
kind of like yeah. what I'm doing with the robots. <laughs> yep, that's right. Um, but yeah, so, alright, well, we have exactly 15 minutes left in Jerry of the Circus part, uh, I don't know what part we're on now. Part we 10. I think this is part 10. Next, uh, it's, uh, 14 minutes and 17 seconds. So, I think I yeah. should probably just, just fade this out and we'll uh, get to that next part. What do you say? Let's do it. Here. Jerry of the Circus. Jerry of the circus. Easy there, kittens. You'll all get your dinner. There's plenty here for all of you. Hello, Jason. What are you doing? Oh, hello, Jerry. I'm just feeding the cats. Mind if I watch? No. You know, it, it seems so funny calling these wild animals cats. Well, there's an awful lot of difference in cats, but still they're all from the cat family. There you are, Bess. See what you can do with that piece of meat. Golly, look at her gobble up that meat. You'd think they'd never had anything to eat before in their lives, the way they're acting. You sure they get enough, Jason? Sure, they just act that way when they smell fresh meat. That's what makes them wild. Here's your portion, Daisy. What? No dinner? You really mean you don't want to eat? Oh, well, I guess I got a sick cat here, Jerry. Sick? Why? When a big old lioness like Daisy here doesn't want raw meat, something's wrong with her. What's the matter, Daisy? Let's have a look at you. How can you put your hand right through the bars into the cage? Won't she hurt you? Well, kind of scraped off some hind off your flank, huh, Daisy? See that, Jerry? Gee whiz. How'd that happen? It's all sore. I guess she got it in running through the chute. Running through the chute? What's that? The chute, Jerry, is that long runway from the animal's cages into the steel. And the steel is the big cage where you do your act, huh? Well, that's right. Here. Daisy, take it easy. I'll fix that cut later. Won't it get well by itself? Probably, but it's so high on her shoulder she can't lick it. Yeah, I know. Even dogs make cuts well by licking them. So I'll help it along with a bit of medicine. Here, wait a minute, Daisy. Let me get at you. I want to get my friend Jerry a charm. Collie, you pulled her right out of her head. Yes, sir. And now I'm going to twist it up and tie a little knot each end this way. There. There you are, Jerry. What's that for? Well, that's a charm. A charm? What kind of a charm? 
Well, out in India, the natives believe that a bunch of hair from the head of a lioness will protect them from ever being hurt by a wild jungle animal. Is it true, Jason? <laughs> well, the natives think so. You think it'll keep me from being hurt by a jungle animal? I don't know, Jerry, but carry it with you anyhow. Thanks, I will. Do you carry a charm like this? No, to be truthful, I don't believe in charm. I guess you should have had some kind of a charm when Mr. Randall asked you where you were during the robbery. Then maybe you could have told him where you were at the very minute. I guess just telling him where I was wouldn't help much. I'd have to have a witness to prove it. No, Jerry, I guess I'll just have to be suspected of being guilty until I'm proven innocent. Did you really take a walk by yourself? Why, sure, Jerry. You believe me, don't you? Yeah, sure I believe you, Jason. Hey, look who's coming. Well, Patsy, hello. Hello, Jason. Say, I missed your dinner tonight. What brings you around here this time, Patsy? I've got some news. Come on over here and sit on this box, Jerry. I've got something to show you. Yeah? What is it? Come on. Sit here beside me. All right. Mm, that's it. Jerry, I just got an airmail letter from my father. And there's some news in it about your Uncle Dan. Oh, boy, that's keen. Does he know where my uncle is? I'll read you what he has to say. But first, look at this, Jerry. Here's an old picture of your uncle. Sure enough. Gee, you know, Dad had a picture just like that one. But that was taken years ago when Uncle Dan was was just a young fella. Here, uh, want to see it, Jason? Yeah. Well, so that's your Uncle Dan, huh, Jerry? Well, I'd better put that medicine on Daisy and fix her up before the show. It's getting late. All right, Jason. Listen, Jerry, here's what my father wrote. Let's see. Oh, yes, here it is. You asked about Danny Dugan. Well, dear, I haven't heard of him in years. The last I heard of him, he was making one of his trips to Africa on a big game expedition for the Marsh Museum. And I think that's been over five or six years ago. You say his nephew has joined the circus. Well, give the boy the enclosed picture of his uncle. It was taken in winter quarters when we were together years ago. He might like to have it. Ah, oh, gee, I, I'm glad to have this picture, but, but golly, I, I was figuring that maybe he knew where Uncle Dan was. Hmm. Say... I've got it, Jerry. I'll write a letter to the Marsh Museum and, and see if they know anything about him. You will? Sure. Ah, oh, gee, you're swell, Patsy. Gee whiz, listen to that lion. Let's go over and watch. Come on, Patsy. Oh, I hate to see animals hurt. Well, that's over. You think she'll be all right now? I hope so. It's, it's getting late, Jason. Don't you think you'd better have something to eat before you go on? Uh, no, thanks. I'll be all right. I'm just not hungry tonight. Hmm. I guess nobody's hungry tonight. Lorenz and Decker didn't come in for dinner either. What? I said that... You mean to say Lorenz and Decker weren't in the mess tent tonight? That's what I said. Oh, they weren't there, Jason. Does Why? Randall know that? I don't know. Why? Why? He gave the three of us orders to stay right on the lot. I'm going to check up and see if they're here. Well, I'll be seeing you. I've got to dress. Want to come with me, Jerry? I sure do. I guess we'd better go to your wagon first. How could Decker and Lorenz get off the lot? Oh, it's possible, all right. We've only got a few policemen, and after all, Barney can't keep them guarding the entire lot every minute. Who's Barney, Jason? He's in charge of the circus police force. Oh, do you have to have policemen? We certainly do. You know, Jerry, a, a big circus with a, as many people as we have is like a small city. And who ever heard of a city without law and order and a police force? Holly, I'm learning more about the circus every day. Well, here we are, Jerry. You run into the wagon and see if they're here. Okay. Decker! Decker! He's not here. Nobody's here. The wagon's empty. I, I guess Bumps is over in the pad room. Already getting ready to do his walk around with rags. Well, that's funny. Decker and Lorenz are usually getting ready for their act about this time. It's almost time for the show to start. Did you notice if their knives and prompts were in there, Jerry? No, I didn't. Well, just a minute. I'll have a look. Maybe they went over to the big top early this evening. 
No, no one here. That sure is funny. Their, their knives and props and even their costumes are in the wagon. Come on, Jerry. Let's get over to the pad room and see if Bumps has seen them. They'll miss the show. They go on a few minutes after the pageant. Yeah, well, let's hurry. We've got time. My golly, if they've gotten away. Y- you don't think they've quit the show, do you? I don't know, Jerry, but it sure looks funny. Here we are. Oh, there's Bumps over there. Bumps? Oh, Bumps, come here a minute. Oh, yeah. Oh, hello. Have you got a minute, Bumps? Well, that's about all. Just about to go on. Now, listen, Bumps, have you seen Decker or Lorenz? Are they around here anywhere? No, I haven't seen them. Aren't they over at the wagon? No, that's why we came here looking for them. Hey, mm, that is funny. They should be ready for their act by now. Oh, say, come to think of it, I don't remember seeing them in the mess tent at dinner either. I wonder... Yeah, that's just what I'm wondering. You better go tell Randall... Oh, 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 the walk-around's going to start. I'll have to go. Tell Randall that Decker and Lorenz aren't here yet. You bet I will. It looks as if I was right after all. I tried to warn Mr. Randall. What do you mean? Well, it looks as if Decker and Lorenz have skipped out the show and taken the payroll money with them. Oh, no, not Decker. I'm sorry, Jerry, but it certainly looks bad. But Decker isn't that kind of a fella. If they've run away, Jerry, there isn't much question as to who stole the money. Well, that, that clears you then, doesn't it, Jason? It looks that way. I've got to hurry and get over to Randall so he can notify the police. See you later, Jerry. out here on this back platform. No wonder nobody but you and I will sit out here. Lorenz, I know you won't like me saying this again, but I don't like this whole business. Decker, for the last time, stop preaching. I know what I'm doing. It's a wonder I can do anything the way you are always trying to tell me right from wrong. But, Lorenz, don't you see that... I see you are a fool, Decker. I take you with me, I do not know. You never want to pull any of the jobs we do. You're yellow. That's what you are. But planting this last job on Jason, it's just... Yeah, but you'll take your share of the money, all right. No, Lorenz. I don't want that either. Oh, no? No, I don't. All I want is... Well, I want to go straight. (laughs) (laughs) You want to go straight, eh? That is a good one. There's nothing funny about it. I'm through with this crooked business. Oh. You are through with it, huh? If you... If you just... Won't turn me over to the police. Listen, Decker. You are through. Forget the police. But what do you mean? You are always through. I don't... I don't understand. I... Of course not. You don't understand anything. Oh, don't get me wrong, Lorenz. I do appreciate the way you shielded me from the police. And I appreciate the job you gave me when I was down and out. When you gave me a job in your act. I know it would have been hard for me to find work with it police record I've got. (laughs) You thank me for keeping you from the police, huh? Decker, when I met you in that uh, cheap little restaurant five years ago and we talked and I offered you a job in my act, you didn't tell me you were wanted by the police. No. I told you. You you told me? What do you mean? I saw right away you were crazy. What are you talking about, Lorenz? I needed somebody to help me pull a job then. You were a good man for my purpose, so I told you you were being looked for by the police. It wasn't true? Of course not, fool. Are you telling me the truth, Lorenz? Nothing but the truth. You mean to say I haven't a police record? As 
far as I know, you never did have any. And you roped me in to all these crooked deals. Ah, oh, forget it. I have no use for a weak-minded, crazy man like you. I'm going as far as this train will take me, and then I get another train and keep going. Tell me some more about that night you picked me up, Lorenz. Oh, oh okay. Uh, sit here beside me on this uh, railing deck, and I'll tell you plenty. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, you want to know more about yourself, huh? Yes, Lorenz, I do. Well, you were... Uh... You're dressed in cheap clothes, and <laughs> come to think of it, you didn't even know your name. I asked you if it was Decker, and you didn't know, so I, I called you Decker. Then uh, my name isn't Decker. Well, then, who am I? What uh, difference does it make? What difference does it make? You picked me up when I was sick. You stuffed me full of a lot of lies about the police being after me. And then you get me into your dirty old deals. And now you ask me what difference it makes, who I am, or where I'm going. You're going, Decker. Will not make any difference. Oh. Ah. Ah. Over you go. Ah. Ah. That is finished. And so are you. You cannot fall off a train going 60 miles an hour and live to tell anybody about the man who pushed you off. Goodbye, Decker. And good riddance. Pretty, sh- I, I accidentally hit pretty obvious who the the villain is in this story. Ah, couldn't you tell from his voice before? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I uh, had amnesia, and you told me the police were after me. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure who was gonna that happens. get pitched off the train. Honestly, you know. Um, I thought it but was. You knew uh, somebody would. Uh, I thought you know Decker was gonna toss the mustache twirler of. <laughs> so uh but yeah this is a kid's show that guy's not dead no, no. you know it'll be like the the next episode you know or a couple episodes will be like oh well he threw me from the train but fortunately there was a patch of soft bushes that cushioned my fall <laughs> yay oh well, that's the best so but uh well. but yeah so there it is yeah, a little... looks like nine o'clock. Looks like we made it just yeah. in time here. Yeah. So uh, I'll play our three-minute outro music, so you can have your say. Well, when you have amnesia, and people tell you that you have a police record, don't believe them. Got to be careful Sounds with like that amnesia good. stuff. Yeah, you know, it, it's a common trope in writing especially of that era and soap operas. But the thing is, people don't have amnesia that much. Yeah. And if they do, it doesn't last long. It's not like walking amnesia. Yeah. I actually worked with uh, a girl... Really? ...in Kent uh, years ago. Her name was Sunny, and she had a boyfriend who got amnesia. And Wow. And I wanted to ask so many questions, but she was such a nice person, I didn't want to hurt her feelings. Yeah. So. 
but it, uh, it is. Yeah. I, I've heard it's rare, but it's just funny that they use it like as a writing trope. Like, well, he's not responsible for the things that happened because he had amnesia. And the cure for it's amnesia like, is a clobbering over the head. Yeah, I don't know. All we Once have to again. do is hit him over the head again. Yeah, I'm sorry. Traumatic brain injuries aren't, uh, you know, calm down, sitcoms. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, But funny. Yeah. Very funny. All right. Well, uh, yeah, just real quick from me. Uh, we will have a fun uh, best of kind of show tomorrow uh, with all of some of our best bits. A lot of Kill the Hippies music, robot stuff. Mythical moments from Adam, trailers from Michelle, and um, mm -hmm. new robot content. Nice. Uh, so nice. it'll be like there's a show, but it'll just be easier on me because of my sinuses yeah. and the holiday. It's nice to take a, a, you know, unlike my old show, I'm actually going to take some time off here now and then. So, yeah, do what you want to do. Yeah. It's Independence Weekend, but, you know, if even if you did a show, there would just be like blowing up stuff in little Baghdad here. Yeah. You know? Be nuts. You don't, you don't need that. Nobody needs that. Yeah. Because everybody in our neighborhood just likes to blow stuff up this time of year. Got some money? Let's turn it into explosives. Yeah. Alright. Seriously. You got 30 seconds. Okay. That's it. That's it. I'm done. You, you got any final words? Let's see everybody next everybody. week. Happy yep. Independence See you Day. later. See you tomorrow tomorrow on uh it came from cleveland best of mm-hmm talk to you later time for go to bed